just with being the native Oregonian here, welcoming um, y'all to Oregon was exciting from my standpoint because everyone I think had already experienced or has experienced Oregon in different ways and this adventure afforded us an opportunity to experience it in a way that I don't think any of us really have including myself just could feel like the excitement building between all of us in the group chat and, and in person and just that feeling of knowing what you're doing but not knowing fully what to expect kind of the best feeling to have on a trip Yo, it's Luke from Lion Law. The southern Oregon coast is a place that many of you may know for abandoned dunes, but the bays around it contain many more treasures in its nooks and crannies. On this L&L golf trip, we were set to explore just that. We start the story with us converging in Portland. Excitement levels were pretty high. Yeah, it's always a long trip out there, but there's a lot of anticipation going out to Oregon coast. It's one of my favorite places. So to have all those things on the docket that yeah, I've never done before was pretty special and to do it with some pretty cool people. Kendra's guest bed, super comfortable. <laughs> Sorry, Luke. I tried to give it to you, but you gave it to me. So it was very comfortable. Thank you, Kendra, for letting us crash. That was huge. Yeah, absolutely. It made me sleep on the couch, which was actually very comfortable. Kelsey, would you like to share or not uh, warnings if people are to sleep in the same house or near you? Um, yes. Um, I tell this to anyone who I sleep in the same room with or same house with. Fair warning, I do sleep talk slash um, sleep scream, which will become a theme later in the trip with um, white vans and um, random things that I saw throughout the night of camping that I'm sure helped all of us to sleep well. If you're ever around me sleeping, hang on tight. <laughs> Which I think I did hear you make noise that night. I heard him every night. Every night he <laughs> did something. But he warned me. He warned me. You know, in hindsight, we should have we we should have got one of those apps set up where you can like set a, a webcam up and any movement detected while someone's sleeping, it'll just instantly start recording. We could have really turned that into a nice highlight reel for Kelsey. But I slept pretty well. It was an early morning for us on on Monday morning. Luke and I had to go get the the rental car up in Vancouver. But Luke, <laughs> how'd you sleep? It was like you said, like the couch is comfortable. I'll go out there and sleep sometimes if I'm too hot or if I just need to spread my legs out. Uh, I was pretty exhausted because I had just gotten back from Italy and was still kind of on weird time zones and flew basically right to Oregon. Didn't really have a problem waking up early. I was just really excited for the trip to start. So we went and got, yeah, we got a 20, 2012, 2012 Kia minivan. I highly recommend the category of a minivan for any road trip. It's safe. It's reliable. It's got a lot of room. It's functional. But this one, man, yeah. Anyways, it it was it worked out. It fit all of us and all of our stuff. And it drove halfway well. It had good pickup. Kelsey right off the bat squealed out in it from picking up Matt. We had a standoff with a school bus where 
Kelsey was being nice and going to let them go. And then they waved him on, I believe. So Kelsey started going, and it was his first time driving the van and punched the gas up a hill a little bit aggressively where it was just a audible squeal out, with a, like right in front of the bus of kids. That was great. All I know is I drove from before and was very politely told, um, hey, Matt, um, hop in the driver's seat. I didn't mention anything on the trip, but um, after our close encounter with that truck as well, like coming through that bend, um, I kind of caught the hint. So thank you, Matt, for being a safe driver for the rest of the trip. You didn't drive the rest of the trip, did you? <laughs> I think I drove like 30 minutes to Sunset Bay, maybe. Yeah. Mm. Kelsey's got the first leg. You know, Kelsey started the, the trip. We were all going to take turns driving. He used two hands on the wheel, which made me feel comfortable. Um, he looked like he kind of was a school bus driver himself, uh, with how he would stack on the road. And there were a couple turns where maybe he forgot the weight and the size of the minivan and was taking these kind of blind bends on a F1 line. And we were getting moved around a little bit, and so was the axles of the van. So, yeah, it wasn't too far after. I think I was the one that asked if Matt was ready to drive. <laughs> no better way to start off the trip, to be honest with you. We all just, like, we we had just picked up Matt from his cousin's place. We had packed the van. Luke and I, you know, in the process of beginning sort of the the video recording process of, of our departure. And, and uh, Luke was actually rolling. Like, just one of those moments you couldn't, you couldn't really, you know, think of or create for a trip to start and it just sort of like in a way broke the ice and we were on our way so there's multiple ways to get down to bandon you can go inside the state of oregon and then pop out which is the fastest however if you want to really see the coast and take the coastal route it's highly rewarding where we decided to pop out which is also a blend of the fastest and seeing the most epic stuff um, is popping out through lincoln city from portland so if you are ever going out to bandon maybe it's your first time maybe you've been been there before this would be a driving route uh, definitely would recommend so you just head out to Lincoln City and then head straight down the coast from there. Yahats is a good spot to stop too if you need a pit stop along that drive down. It's a pretty little town and it's just north of where there's some pretty cool twists and turns and coastlines and um, like overlooks, pull-off areas. All right, favorite road trip snacks slash food? Ooh. Gummy bears. Which we had zero of. Yeah, we were gummy bearless, weren't we? I'm gonna say just like either a, a really diverse trail mix or kind of like granola and like a good drink too, because you got to wash it down. Big Cheez Its kid. I love my Cheez Its. So when I was tasked with road trip snacks and I saw them in the store, automatically knew what I was snagging. Not ideal for keeping a minivan clean though. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, really? We were finding Cheez-Its all over the place at the end? Mine is uh, pizza combos and Sour Patch Kids. 
and then either a Powerade or uh, like a iced coffee, like one of those flavored Starbucks kinds. Very basic. All right, <laughs> not too. So, <laughs> this trip is a golf trip where we're ultimately going to abandoned dunes, but we're staying in places around the area that are great alternatives to the resort for glamping or camping and doing other activities outside of golf that you can do to mix in with your itinerary, complement the golf, or just like for me personally, I uh, didn't know that all of these other things are available to do in the area. Day one, our destination is to Spin Reel, an ATV rental spot in North Bend, where we're ATVing in the Oregon Dunes. Turned out for me to be the most insane thing I've done in recent memory. Highly would recommend taking a look at doing this anytime you come to this area. Just massive sand dunes and trails that weave into the beach and then into wide open, huge hills. Just crazy. These dune buggies go up to 45 miles an hour. So... Let me just preface this by saying I, in terms of like dune buggies and ATVs and all that, pretty ignorant in terms of their capabilities. On the safety video, they were talking about how they go like 15 to 20 miles an hour, like top speed. And I don't know why. It's an, it's an old video. They said, and it looked like it, obviously, the editing was unreal. But um, I just kind of assumed that was what we were doing, like 15 to 20 miles an hour, like... The video gets done, we get our helmets, we all pile in, and we're kind of driving out with our guides to the dunes, and it's a short trip, it's like a minute or two to get out to the dunes from their from their hub, and a moment that I'll never forget, I'm in the, I'm in the second dune buggy with Kelsey behind Matt and Luke, and we get out into the open onto the dunes, and it's like you get shot out of a cannon. And before I know it, like my I'm flying everywhere. I have my seatbelt on, but like the uh, like the camera is like just bouncing everywhere. And our guy just had floored it. The uh, the the dune the dune buggy that Luke and Matt was in, they floored too, but they go up and to the left, like on top of the dune. And I mean, I look over at the speedometer. It's like she's going like our guy's like going like fifty, and I was just like. I just couldn't I was beside myself and I was like but at the, at the same time was like absolutely having the time of my life like I was like this shit is awesome our driver gave us no warning at how fast she was gonna rip it it was just very quickly understood but I still didn't comprehend how much force it would cause like same thing with my camera gear I had like it all hooked up through a cage and it just throttled everything like I couldn't get for the rest of the trip stuff tightened back up properly because of how it like kind of warps it. It was so much force. I looked down after the first stint and one of my microphones is completely gone. I'm like, fuck, like never getting that back. So I think with this, you can do either rentals with a guide, how we kind of did it. Highly recommend that because it'll drive you to the spots. And you'll get to just ride like basically professional drivers. It's a cool way to experience the vehicle. And then once you're in a wide open space, you can have fun and rip it. 
Uh, we all took turns. I would say a good amount of time would be like three hours. I mean, you can do it as long as you want, but three hours seems to be a good length of time to rent these. You want to talk about like getting your your trip to the southern Oregon coast off on a good start? Like do that. I mean, it's like yeah. it's on it's on the way from Portland. It just immediately forces you to be in the moment and forget about everything else. That's exactly the type of mindset you want to be in when you're down there. And that will jolt you into the moment like nothing has ever done so before. Just south of Reedsport, just north of North Bend. Just off the highway. And after that, we needed to let our adrenaline settle back down. Uh, We set up camp at Bay Point Landing. Awesome spot to um, glamp or if you've got an RV. Uh, They've also got cabins, really modern lodging too, and incredible amenities on site. There's a heated pool, hiking trails, laundry, beautiful sunsets. You got a a campfire, you know, at the, at the airstreams. I I'll definitely, I've talked to Hannah, my partner, we're we're definitely going to go down there and stay there for sure. And it's only, if you go back roads, like we did to Bandon, it's only, what is it? 30, 40 minutes to Bandon. How, how long is it actually? You take the main route. It's 25, 30 minutes. You're okay. So that's about the same. Yeah. You're really close to um, some good hiking. Uh, you guys did Argo, Arago. I, I was just, I was amazed at how much there was to do just in that little area from fishing to golfing to hiking. I mean, you could, you could do like people were surfing out in that, that bay area. It's amazing what, how much there is to do just in that little, little section of, uh, you know, in a 10, 15, 20 minute radius of Bay Point. And it's like, we just pulled off the side of the road, hiked down to that beach and we hiked over a small little waterfall. We got down to the beach at low tide, got to get way out there onto the rocks. Like, like, I, like that wasn't even part of like a state park proper. That was just on the side of the road in the middle of the road to the state parks. Right. Exactly. That was one of the more fun little adventures that we, that we went on. There was just like this little, little path that led us down to that cove. And before that we went all the way out to the Cape and we saw just hundreds of sea lions just barking out on this. Cause the tide was low. They were out on this, this stone sort of Island thing. And we, we, you guys spoke to a local there that was talking about the waves. Yes. And he was saying to see the best waves, um, and like surfers and stuff to go to the paid state park down the road, which has a whole bunch of gardens and stuff. And then, um, entrance fee goes towards which i've been to before and it's beautiful through there and just like the waves crashing on those rocks is insane you can see just crazy stuff like that like we weren't even in the middle of a true storm i've been out there in the middle of stormy like blowing 60 sideways rain you don't want to get out of the car but you want to get out of the car to see what the like waves are doing type of storm holy mess it can get gnarly out there and it is beautiful it is so cool to see what to see what nature can do just that close to, to town and everything well we got even closer to it the next morning we got up before the sun and headed to the charleston harbor sharky's charter fishing where four of us were hopping on a boat and we had our dramamine ready to go different 
excursions you can do with them, sharkies, and you can go deep sea fishing. But what we did was fishing for coho, salmon, and crabbing, laying some crab baskets down, and kind of staying in the river area, trolling. Three minutes into the lines in the water, we get a fish. I thought it was going to be open season, man, just reeling them in one after another. But we got that first fish, and then, poof, two hours go by. We're freezing <laughs> our asses off. <laughs> our wet. No we got one no fish. fish. But then we got, we ended up getting two more, which was nice. One we had to throw back because it was half an inch short. and Probably a good thing because we ended up giving away a bunch of seafood anyways. The eating yeah. was good. The Justin, eating was good. Even the crab. The crab was great. And everyone involved with Sharkies was awesome. Justin was the name of our uh, tour guide, or guide who brought us out on the boat. And he was very personable, told lots of cool stories, answered any questions we had, was super knowledgeable, ultimately helped us catch fish and get dinner. Matt and Kelsey brought the brought the two keepers in and just watching them go through that process and getting to hold the fish and capture that moment was, was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Like, like Luke said, Justin was, was great. I found him very interesting and engaging and he was more than willing to tell us everything about the boat, about this, the water, the fish stories of his own. It was, I hadn't really been out fishing like that ever. So I was kind of going into it not really knowing again what to expect before we knew it we were heading back to to see what how, how much crab we had caught and and then we were off to to cook those crabbies up first matt got to fillet fish which was also cool to watch i didn't do as well as i thought but you know it's your first time and he said i was the first one to ask to do it which was kind of cool you get the opportunity if you want it for anybody listening i suggest to do it learn it yeah for me I mean, like, I'm a big crab guy. Um, just growing up, just, like, crab has always been my favorite seafood. So then to go over to um, Leroy's and then um, have um, have um, he and his wife just, like, steam it up right there for us. I mean, what? It was maybe 45 minutes from the time we pulled it out of the crab pot to the time it was, like, like freshly steamed, like, there in our hands. I always look back on time, like, like via foods. That's a huge... It's like a huge mark for me, and oh my goodness, like, like no butter, no nothing, just fresh out of the steamer. I'm gonna dream about that for a long time, y'all. You could tell it's your favorite meal based on your beard. There's a lot of evidence. <laughs> Not quite used to your beard yet. Wow. So I mean, like, then of course, then um, um, shopping with Matt is always fun too, for like his just like creative genius in the kitchen. I. Matt, I still have no clue how, um, how like you saw that meal just like come together, but then like we got back to the airstreams and maybe an hour after that we had this beautiful meal, salmon and what a tomato salad, a cucumber salad. It was definitely one of my favorite meals of the year as well. Ah, oh, nice. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I don't know yeah. how these things come up. It's just what I don't know. After again spending several hours you're out in the water to have that meal after a shower like it's just 
ideal and we were all just kind of sitting around the table just kind of talking about the day and the days ahead and that really felt like we were in our groove and just like really immersed in the experience and we had golf the next morning first round of the trip yep slept glorious in the airstream except it sounded like it was uh at one point in the night uh like the worst rainstorm you'd ever been in i was like damn it (laughs) we raining tomorrow but it stopped and all is good except we're gonna leave at 8 15 to head to the local coffee shop and check out of bay point uh because we're camping on our next night and gonna leave and can't find the car keys <laughs> not like can't find them for two minutes but i like can't find them for 20 minutes going through garbage and everything in the vehicle in the car What's an adventure without a little adversity? I guess I had the keys in my hand and I started moving things in the trunk and either I like just set them down on a bag and they fell between the cracks or they just came out of my hand and I was too busy doing other things to realize that they had slipped. I was worried that I had them some in some miraculous way because I know that I, I'd driven the previous day and it had the keys and I wasn't ruling out that I had I had misplaced them. So I was looking. We were all looking. It was definitely a challenge keeping track of just stuff. Yeah. Glad we found the keys and glad we were able to still have time to get those breakfast burritos. Those were clutch. <laughs> a scary moment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what would have happened if we what what would be if we hadn't found them? What would we have done? We'd have been stuck at Bay Point, which there's worse places to be. Very true. All Go right. make an urban golf course somewhere. Yeah. Off to Kelsey's happy place. <laughs> what a magical spot sunset day is. Oh boy, I think I just settled in to do the intro. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, sunset day, fantastical 12 hole or kind of like just off of Charleston. And I'm talking to Tim. I think hearing the history of the place and like what the place means to him just made it all that um, all that um, all that much more special to me because working at Band and like that was the place to go when you just needed to reset and reconnect with why you love the game of golf. And for those traveling to the area, absolutely go and reconnect with why you love the game of golf at sunset. Agreed. It's we had the place to ourselves and really felt connected to it, as Tim calls it. It's professional style golf. Uh, makes you play lots of different golf shots and makes you think around the course and it's in a beautiful setting you can also camp out there which we did that that very night uh you can camp on property through hip camp there's spots to park vehicles there's also yurts back there uh, you can tent camp another option if you're looking to come out to the area and stay somewhere off resort and you're interested in camping or glamping this spot is sunset bay would be another good uh option to add to your list what were you guys of course i had had a little experience i had never golfed sunset bay but have golfed in uh various locations along the coast and it definitely had the same type of inland coastal golf course setup that i had experienced at other places which is a good thing really enjoyed it whenever you're at the coast it's always 
I'll be the first one to say it's, you know, I always want to be on a, on a course that where you can see the ocean and you can be out looking at the views and such. But I think if you're going to the coast, you're probably going for a few days. And I think it's a course that you could easily throw in the rotation. It's again, it's 12 holes. It's a, it's a pretty quick play. It's a really fun layout. I don't really feel like, yeah, easy to walk. I don't really feel like any two holes are really the same. It's an imaginative layout. It's just nice to, to throw in the mix for, for something different. You know, it's not a place where the, the tee sheet is going to be completely slammed. Like you're going to be able to go out there and, and play and enjoy yourself and take your time. And I'll definitely go back and play it for sure. When, when we were in Bannon, yeah, one of the workers was approached us on a hole and we told him we had played out there and he was an old timer. He just like smiled and shook his head like, nice. I'm glad y'all went out there and saw something other than the resort. Shall we call it maybe like the new, it felt like a sheep ranch type of experience. I could definitely see that. Yeah. A kind of hidden gym. You have to know to go there type of thing. It's not very well publicized. That's exactly how I like it. Yes. And I love that place for a variety of reasons for sure. And that's definitely one of them. Kelsey, where else around the resort area would you recommend for public golf if people were looking to add courses to the rotation in their trip Bannon crossings is probably the most well advertised um other golf media companies have covered it it's a beautiful dan hickson um very typical pacific northwest um golf course lots of fun up down cross creeks everything coos golf club i never played personally but looks like a lot of fun. That's really all the golf that I personally know in the area. And we just stuck to Sunset Bay a whole bunch. We would take 12 balls out there, play all as one group, just have a good time. Hell yeah. We had a match going and it was going to be cumulative between our round at Sunset and round at Bandon. It was me and Kendra versus Matt and Kelsey. We got up by four at one point in the match and Kelsey caught birdie fire. Yeah, end of the day, Kendra and I up two heading into to Bannon with no real stakes on the line, but just a lot of pride. Hey, we're I was feeling pretty about- good after after the round for sure. Oh, I think I may have just totally messed up everything. Um, the recording time up top left just started over. Hopefully, that first bunch saved. I took out my AirPods, and I think I messed up everything. Unfortunately, you might be mm-hmm. alright. Just put your, maybe put them back in. Yeah, they're back in. We're good. Okay. We're back. After the golf, we went to do a mountain biking excursion. Yeah, Whiskey Run Trailhead. Kind of halfway between Sunset Bay and Bandon Dunes. There's a rider named Wyatt with his mom, and they have a rental and guiding uh, mount, guided mountain bike company yeah he was awesome they were they were yeah. both awesome it was another thing that i hadn't really done a lot of unfortunately and another thing that i'm just super curious about and and want to look into doing more of is uh mountain biking uh trail mountain biking that's even closer to bandon it's like 10 minutes away so would definitely recommend anyone who enjoys the outdoors even if you want to go for a walk or a hike on those trails you're able to do so with some tremendous views yeah so apparently it's a world-class solo track destination and it's funny that bandon dunes right down the road is separately a world-class golf destination (laughs) so people are coming in from all over the world for this specific 
trail system for mountain biking. Uh, probably have no idea about the golf course or the golf resort right next door unless they play golf. But there's these overlapping world-class recreational activities that you can pursue right side by side from each other. I felt like, yeah. I mean, you could see the ocean from the trail system and I felt like I could see Bandon a little bit in the distance. The trail system was cool. If you're a skier, it's graded that way. So you got double blacks, blacks, greens, blues, so that you don't maybe get in over your head. And we probably had the worst riding conditions you'd have. The trails were a little wet. Everyone handled it like a champ. Kelsey, I was worried about you. Yeah, I was worried about myself there for the first bit. Uh, it just, yeah, I'd only been once and like maybe like did like a mile and a half trail on like my like road mountain bike. Well, mountain bike, which is like nothing compared to what they have. Um, that first bit, I was terrified. I was going to crash into a tree. I was going to do this, going to do that. And finally, I just like let go and said, okay, Kelsey, like, let's just go have fun. And it was a lot of fun. And I would say, absolutely, go and do it. It was awesome. And no one crashed, no injuries, just really muddy butts. <laughs> <laughs> the trails were diverse, and you got to see these different like ecosystems all on, along the same ride. You got to hop out into a vista where you could see the ocean and kind of the converging forest then you'd be between rows of firs and then you'd be in the canopy of the forest and riding like alongside big ass ferns and these crazy green plants you've never seen anywhere else in your life visually speaking you're getting a really cool changing uh track just would definitely recommend doing it even if you don't have any experience call up wyatt get you know get him to bring his bikes out and show you around it's well worth it and then it's our last night of camping. We're tent camping out of Sunset Bay. Yeah, this is where the minivan was annoying. I went to put up my tent and realized my rain fly was not in my tent bag. So I slept in the minivan, except I didn't sleep uh, at all because my I needed about a foot more width on the sides. They had very large cup holder spots, but... Not great for stretching your legs out in the back row. I got up in the middle of the night and looked outside, looking up at the night sky, and stars are about as bright as you'll ever see them. Camping and being under the stars, you can't get that in many places with zero light pollution. It was insane. It's always cool knowing there's a golf course right there, too. Tim was like, you can take some glow balls, go out there and hit some shots, whatever, which we didn't do. We're all too tired. but. Uh, it's always fun camping near a golf course. Yeah, I got the tent set up somewhat pain-free, I would say. Just found a little spot where we could all kind of be close together and and uh, settled in for the long night. <laughs> I think I probably got... I think there was like two or three stints where I got a couple hours. I had to throw on my um, sound machine on my on my phone just because that always helps me sleep, like no matter where I am. And I, I, I struggled a little bit. I've got to get a, a mattress pad or a sleeping bag pad for my tent because I just, it's just firm no matter where you're sleeping with that one. So that would have helped massively. Maybe a pillow. Um, 
I thought I got some solid sleep. But uh, Kelsey, on the other hand, I mean, you were sleeping, but you were seeing things. <laughs> and Matt, Matt and I were, were definitely concerned about the noises coming out of your tent. But um, yeah, what's going on, Kelsey? I mean, I was seeing some things apparently, some like white vans of like the CIA coming after us, um, Bigfoot maybe. Um, I really don't know what I was seeing, but I just remember Kendra being like, Kelsey, like, you awake? You awake? And I'm like, no. Well, actually, the, the scariest part was, first of all, the first time you woke up from a dream, and it was a horrible dream. You were like getting ran over by a bus or about to be ran over by a bus. And that's when you screamed and jolted awake. The second time was the, the white truck incident where <sighs> you were calling out that there was all these white trucks. And I literally go, Kelsey, are you awake or are you asleep? And you said, I'm dead awake. Yeah, dead awake. <laughs> Those were your exact words. I'm dead awake. So when I heard that, I was like, uh, okay. So I kind of like, like peeked out my tent a little bit and I couldn't see or hear anything. So I was like, okay, I think we're all right. But that response definitely, definitely uh, ruffled some feathers with me. Cause I was like, wait, wait, you're awake and you're saying this, what's going on? It was just, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm not sure it wasn't funny for you. I'm sure it was terrifying in, in, in moments because you were sleeping and dreaming, but um, we all made it out. I can yeah. hear him in the van. <laughs> Again, I gave y'all warnings. It would have been different if I would just like do that like out of the blue, but I gave y'all a warning. So I feel like yes, am I a jerk friend? Yes, but no, you're not I... a jerk friend. No, you can't help it. It's it just happened. It's just funny. So Kelsey's scream is very like once you hear it once, you'll never be able to unhear it either. He could, you could definitely be like a voiceover for a movie. You're very, it's very authentic. It's very real, which is like what makes it scary. Matt and I definitely were like going back and forth like throughout the night, just like, what was that? What was that? Would you hear that? What was that? It was definitely unsettling. And the coolest part was the fact that we could hear the sea lions over in the bay on the other side of the hill. Yeah. Um, which is pretty amazing how it just shows you how quiet it is out there that those sea lines could, you know, the sound of those could, could carry all the way to us. You could hear the ocean. You could hear the, the rumbling of the ocean just off in the distance. And you could also hear the sea lions. So literally all night long, it was, it was pretty remarkable. The next morning was exciting because we were heading the Bandon. I think it worked out great that we saved Bandon for last because for us just being golfers, that's i feel like no matter what we're doing is always going to trump everything just because that's it's a special place it's one of the most special places in the world from a golf standpoint and um i think all this other stuff that we did elevated the the trip to a, a completely different level had it just been golf it wouldn't have been the same like getting to do all the things that we'd done leading up to bandon was incredible and I, I, if I were to do this trip again, I would do. I would absolutely do it in the exact same order. Big takeaway from this is it is kind of hard to get tea times at Bandon Resort, Bandon Dunes Resort now, and right. you can still book trips to the area and take your chances on openings for tea times and have all these other 
things you can do if it doesn't work out or wait for the moment for it to come up for your tea time. That's a great point. That's a great point. Absolutely. I mean, Bannon is doing everything they can do to keep up with the uh, demand, um, such as sorties, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, but yeah, I mean, every single day is packed on every single um, every single course. So then to have these different options of cool stuff to do that makes the four and a half hour trek from Portland on top of the trek to Portland from wherever you're coming from worth it is a really cool, unique opportunity that not very many areas have. And just to get out in nature, do stuff, go ATVing, fishing, whatever, is a really unique trip for sure. Before we play golf, we got a tour of Shorty's, which is the newest golf property on property. <laughs> it's their new par three course. Kelsey, do you, do you want to share what you know about it? Sure, yeah. Um, Shorty Dow was a caretaker of the land, showed Mr. Kaiser everything. Mr. Kaiser wanted to honor him by building an 18-hole golf course for him, which turned into 19 holes via Mr. Kaiser always wanting more golf. Um, well, yes, Mr. Kaiser and sons now, but the Kaiser family. Um, so it's going to be a really cool um, – Par three course right next to the um, Bannon Preserve. Um, sh- typically shorter holes than Bannon Preserve, um, which allows for a similar time around, um, but still incredible green sites, incredible shot value, incredible just overall experience. I um, I cannot wait to get back out there and see it myself once it's fully open. Yeah, grass has grown in. Um, we walked most of the course. It feels more bold than preserve. It's a great way, way to describe it. <laughs> I had never played preserve, so getting to see shorties, just the layout of it, and then going over preserve, they are very different. I would, I mean, bold is uh, is a great way to explain shorties and how the layout looks, and it's it looks like it's going to be really hard, like. I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park. Not that sh- not that uh, preserve is, but there's definitely some holes on preserve that it's like, all right, there's not a lot to this one. Like, you know, we got to be concerned for the pins at and in relation to the, the undulation of the green. But I don't know. To me, it looks like shorties is going to be damn hard, but also great views and a lot of fun. I mean, so like talking about the great views um, the night before dinner with Michael, um, I asked him what his favorite uh, vista on property was, and he said the first hole of Shorty's, which living and working at Bannon, I've seen some incredible views, incredible sunsets out there. First two Shorty's is going to be pretty special. It's going to be a cool spot to hang after you're around, a cool spot to w- w- watch the sun go down over the resort. Fun spot for sure. We're going to have to go out, get back out and play it when it's open. Uh, twist my arm, Luke. Twist my arm. Yeah. Uh, so to round out the trip, all of us had kind of played the other courses on property, but Bandon Preserve was one that Kendra had not played and Matt had not played. And felt like a fun way to finish our match. And also Preserve might not get as much love as the rest of the courses on property, but I think it's one of the 
most essential parts of a Bannon trip that you need to make sure you do. 13 holes. I think number 13 is the funnest finishing hole on property also. It's a downhill that always uh, recommend using a putter or a driver. Basically a giant slide for your ball to the green. Lots of fun. Kelsey decided to career it out there. Kelsey, what did you... Yeah, Kendra and I walked into a buzzsaw. We... (laughs) Try to keep the match. Yeah, we did. I think him and Matt had seven birdies at one point, not too far into the round between the two of them. Just going off. Like, what did you have for breakfast? Um, I had the exact same parfait that y'all had, so I don't know what it was. I think it was just the band and magic that I swear happens out there. It's magical, for lack of a better word. Yeah, Matt and I just. We didn't even, like, ham and egg it. Like, we were birding the same hole on top of each other and just, like, just having an absolute ball out there. I mean, I made four birdies in 13 holes, which is very unlike me, especially on a part three course. I mean, I've played that place probably 25, 30 times, and first time I've ever played like that out there, it was pretty special. Well, how nice of you to bring it out against Luke and I in our match. Really appreciate that, Kelsey. Thanks. My pleasure. Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't have a single birdie on preserve, so I got that going for me. Luke made one, so we're three for four. Not bad. Yeah, it was tough to buy him out there. We were all striking it well, all hitting the greens, having birdie looks, but Kelsey and Matt were making them. Yep. Almost had an ace on number seven or eight. Eight. Which hole is that? Eight. Yeah, Kelsey almost had an ace. Mine also looked like it had a chance. That would be, I mean, that counts as a hole in one, right? For sure. Reserve. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've always said part three courses count. Other people in golf say no, but I'm definitely a firm yes. But all I know is if you make an ace, um, on the preserve and you go back into the trails and they have like special plaques for you, so so then if they have a plaque to. Say it's an ace. I vote that it's an ace. Fair Local enough. rules. I like it. Bannon Preserve, if you haven't played it, make sure you play it when you're on property. It would be a great place for a sunset, like late in the day, round. And it's awesome on bluebird days, which is what we had. It was blue skies, sunny, no wind. It was a great way to end the trip. Couldn't have asked for anything better, honestly. Maybe a couple more birdies. Just a perfect way, like you said, to to kind of put a cap on the trip and wish we could have stayed and played more golf. All right. So moral of the story, use this trip as inspiration for the possibilities of what a Southern Oregon coast uh, journey might look like. Doesn't have to be just uh, staying on site at abandoned dunes and you can plan a trip out there and have all these other things you can do golf courses to play and squeezing in the rounds at the resort when it's available. Lots of unique activities. There's more than what we did that you can add to your, to your list. Actually, I'm going to make salmon for dinner tonight, which won't do you really, I do. Damn. That's going to take you back. I definitely had like, after the trip was over, after we drove back, I definitely had like post-trip sadness lingering in there. I just had such a blast with all of you guys and couldn't have really asked for anything more out of the trip. Yeah, something I'll always remember and and we'll be using it moving forward as, you know, if 
planning a trip down there as, as motivation to, to get back down there and and do some of the things that we we did and revisit the areas that we visited. I think for me, like moving forward with golf trips with buddies, my dad, whoever, he shows that there's more to golf trips than just golfing 36 holes a day, eating, drinking, telling the same golf stories over and over again. I mean, if you play 18 a day or even nine a day and go explore the local area, really explore more because Everybody knows about how about how great of a place Bannon Dunes is or or other golf resorts across the world are. But who knows that sharkies can take you th- through the river and catch your dinner. And it gets me thinking about other golf destinations throughout the world, how much I've missed throughout my travels so far. Big thanks to Bannon Dunes, Dream Golf Resorts, Travel Southern Oregon, Bay Point Landing, Sunset Bay, and Whiskey Run Rentals, Spin Reel, Sharky's Charter. It was definitely memorable for us, speaking on behalf of everyone, and couldn't recommend adventuring. If if you've been looking to make a trip to Bandon for the first time, or Oregon, or just coming back out, there's so much to do. There's many layers to the onion that is the Southern Oregon coast. Thanks for listening to us relive Bays by Bandon. If you want to see some photos of what we just talked about, we added a new log post at lionloft.com, where there are also links to travel southern Oregon coast and the excursions that we did. A video from the trip is also in the works, which will be dropping soon to our YouTube channel, so keep an eye out for that. And if you have any questions about traveling to the southern Oregon coast yourself, shoot us a note at howdy at lionloft.com. We'd be happy to help out if we can. Keep on spreading the good feeling that golf is home.